Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. 14, and I want to talk about confidence in Christ tonight. How many know confidence is an important thing in life? Uh, in sports and in, in life, period, confidence is important. But how many know a lot of times we're confident in a lot of things, but how confident are we in God? How confident are we in his word? How confident are we in his plan and his purpose? God wants us to be confident, more confident in him and his word than anything else. Now, some of you might say, I'm not a very confident person. Some people aren't confident. Some people struggle with self-confidence. Some people struggle with um, believing in themselves. And that's the kind of person I want to talk to tonight more than anybody. Because if you're that person and you are kind of lack confidence, I want you to know that in your own self, that's okay. You can lack confidence in yourself. But we need to be confident in Jesus and in who Jesus is. Amen. So Proverbs 14, 26 says, In the fear of the Lord, one has, watch this, strong confidence. In the fear of the Lord, there's a strong confidence. Isn't that awesome to have a strong confidence? So it's not, I don't have a strong confidence in myself. Now, if I already am a confident person, that's good. This is just going to add to it. But whether you're confident or not, God says, if we fear him, in that reverent fear, kind of like Paul was talking about at the offering, where we realize we're going to answer. We're going to answer. You know, that's why I left the rope up here tonight, just to kind of continue to remind us. I'm not going to leave it forever, but I think, I think we need those. We need that in front of us. In our small group, uh, someone mentioned, and I might do this down the road, um, maybe cutting a piece of a foot long or something that, and, and, then, and having a little smaller, kind of a smaller uh, idea that we could keep somewhere, you know, in, in our office or somewhere in the house just, or the car, somewhere just to remind us. I mean, how many know when you see something and you're reminded of something, it, it triggers that thought? So um, that we need to keep that before us because we need to be confident that everything God says he's going to do, he's going to do. He, there's nothing in this book that he has said that's not going to come to pass. So when we have that reverent fear of the Lord, we can be confident in Him. Okay, let's finish that verse. So it's, when, we're, when we fear the Lord, there's a strong, say strong, strong, confidence. And His children will have a place of refuge. How many children of God do I have in here tonight? Amen. Now we made it clear in the last couple of weeks who children of God are. Not everybody is a child of God. Amen, like the Pope said. Not everybody is a child of God. Let's just, take, let's just say it like it is. Everybody is creation of God, but those who believe in Jesus Christ, those who fear the Lord, those who love God are the children of God. Amen? And the children of God have a refuge. Amen? A refuge, a protection in their lives. First Thessalonians chapter 3. Let's go there. I want to give you some verses tonight and then kind of give you some things to think about. First Thessalonians chapter 3. Verses 3 to 5. He says, but the, ooh, I might have the one written down. First Thessalonians 3, that no one should be taken by these affections. Maybe I'm missing a verse. Huh? Is that, is that, first, first, that sounds relevant. <laughs> first, all right, I'm going to read off of there. That no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. 
Do we have verse? It's stuck? All right. There we go. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation. Amen. Just as it happened, and you know. For this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to your faith, sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you, and our labor might be in vain. Amen. Now I want to read. Uh, what might be Second Thessalonians, but let me just read this verse here. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Typos can be a problem, amen? And we have confidence in the Lord. So there it is, confidence in the Lord concerning you. How many know that Jesus believes more in us than we believe in ourselves? We might think, I can't do this, I can't make it, I'm not good enough, I, I'm struggling, but Jesus is up there cheering for us. And I'm going to get to that at the end, but I thought about the, the fact that Jesus, the Bible says, is at the right hand of the Father. Did you know that that's mentioned like 20 times in the Bible, Old Testament and New, that Jesus would end up at the right hand of the Father? Amen? Jesus would end up at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. So, so when you think that you're alone or you think that, that God's not with you, Remember that Jesus is not doing anything else. He's preparing a place for us, and he's interceding for us. So we're not alone. We can be confident that he hears our cry. Jesse said that at prayer. We can, be, we can be, have faith that he's listening to us when we pray. Amen. And it says both that you would do the things you're supposed to do, and the Lord would direct your hearts in the love of God and in the patience of Christ. Now here's the definition of confidence tonight. A firm trust, a firm trust, and a feeling of certainty about something. Stop right there for a second tonight and, and, and examine your faith. Ask yourself, to yourself, where's my faith? Am I confident in my faith tonight? Do I have a firm trust? Do I have a feeling of certainty that I am a child of God? Do I have a feeling of certainty that God is who he says he is? That, that Jesus is on the throne tonight? That he's, he's in charge of my situation? So, say someone next, next to you, say, God's got it. How many believe that? God's got what? God's got whatever you're going through. I, if there's one thing that I could say tonight that from, from real conviction in my heart is that God's got it. Every situation, over the last 27 years of my, of my salvation, I have seen God always come through. I can tell you that I have never seen him fail. Honestly, I have never seen him fail. It didn't mean that he did it when I thought he was going to do it. Because he doesn't work on our time. And sometimes when I thought it was 11.59, it, it was to 11.59 to God was 12.13 to me. I've never been at 12.13, amen, and thought it's way past but God's time's not our time. His ways on our ways. And so he is going to come through. If you're looking at a bill, if you're looking at a sickness, if you're looking at a, a loved one that's not saved, if you're looking at whatever situation, you just got to say, God, I, conf I have confidence tonight that you've got this. Amen? You've got this. You've got this situation. And he will. He'll come through. And we're going to look at a few things that, that might cause us to lack confidence tonight. You know, like in sports... Whenever you look at the other team, remember, remember the Face in the Giants movie. Great movie. Those, those guys didn't have a chance on paper. 
If you look at the, at the stories in the Bible, they didn't have a chance on paper. David didn't have a chance with Goliath. Amen? Gideon didn't have a chance with 300 men from 32,000. Noah didn't have a chance. Moses didn't have a chance. The disciples didn't have a chance to change the world. If you look at all the odds against God's people, it's, it's always that way. And why do you think it is that way? You know, when you're in a bad situation and it looks like it's bad, you, you should get excited, actually. Let me say that again. Jesse kind of got into the message with his thing tonight, you, with his time at prayer. You should be excited. You should count it all joy when suffering abounds. Because that means that something's going on. Something's happening. Because when things look bad, that means God's on your side. God's in control. Amen. Every story in the Bible looks that way. It, it's like, we're not. how can we do this? And Jesus says, confide in me. Have confidence in me. Because if you think about it, when Gideon had those 32,000 men, how many know it would have been easy for him to have confidence in himself? Would have been easy for him to have confidence in his people, in his army. But God said, listen, I, 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 know, that, I know you're not trying to be prideful, but I'm going to have to take this number down a little bit because right now you're thinking that you're going to win this battle in your power. And I need you to confide in the fact that you're going to win this battle in my power. How many see that difference? If you, if you think you can do it on your own. Now, it, it's not that we can't be confident. God does want us to walk with our heads up. But our confidence has to be in who he is. Our confidence is not in us. It's not in what we can do. That's why we can look at a financial situation and say, man, this, is, this on paper is not going to work out. But I have confidence that God's going to bring me through. That's why we can, we can get a doctor's report, Michael, amen, and tell us that we're sick, and we can say, I have confidence that I know Jesus is my healer. Amen. We can have a situation in our family, and we can say, man, this doesn't look good. I don't think this is going to work out, but I'm not worried about what man can do to me. I have confidence in Jesus tonight, confidence in Christ tonight, amen, confidence in his word tonight, confidence in Christ. What are some of the things? I want to go over three things tonight, some of the things that can cause us to lack confidence. This wouldn't be the only three. And I just kind of got ahead of myself with the first one. Number one is the fear of man. The fear of man. Man, man not just being the, uh, a person in front of you with their fists up, man being anything, man being that bill, man being a situation, man being the workplace, just what, what, what people can do to you. We, we sometimes lose confidence in God because of people around us. Okay, people. How many know that if your confidence is in yourself, when you lose your job, then you're in trouble? Because you're confiding in that job. And how many know we, we like to have a job, and we like to have stability, and we like to know where the paycheck's coming, and we like to know our bills are going to be paid? But how many know we can't have confidence in our job? We can't have confidence in our employer. Because if we're true children of God, God is our employer. And he just uses that place of employment. But that's not, your, that's, not your, that's not your confidence. Jesus is your confidence. His word is your confidence. I'm going to tell you something in Psalms 118.6. This is powerful. Three times in a row, in three different places, he says the same words. Twice in the book of Psalms and once in the book of Hebrews. I want you to look at this. Psalms 118, verse 6. The Lord is on my side. Amen. Amen. We can go home right now. That's all we came for right there. 
The Lord is on my side. Tell someone next to you, the Lord is on my side. Amen. Tell them the Lord is on your side too. How many are glad for that? The Lord is on my side. So if you think about that, when, when, when someone's on your side, that's a powerful thought. But we're not talking about a man that can fail. We're not talking about a company that can go bankrupt. We're not talking about a person who can, who can physically lose a battle. We're talking about God who's undefeated. It says, the Lord is on my side. And if we get that in our spirits, that confidence, the Lord is on my side. Doesn't matter how big this bill stack up. Doesn't matter how much the car breaks down. Doesn't matter how my physical body feels. Doesn't matter what's going on around me. I can say, the Lord is on my side. Amen. The Lord is on my side. Get that in your spirit tonight. The Lord is on my side. And if the Lord is on my side... I will not fear. What can man do to me? Do you have that confidence tonight? That's the confidence that Jesus wants you to have. But again, not in you. A confidence in him. The Lord is on my side. God's got this. God's got this. God's got what? Whatever situation you're facing. Today, tomorrow. That's why that Bible verse says that you can. How many have ever heard that verse that Jesse read? Thank you for being part of the message. Amen. And, and again, I, I don't tell these guys what I'm going to preach on. I love it. I'm over there just smiling when they start talking. Amen. It just all lines up. How many have ever heard that verse and thought, how, that doesn't make any sense? Count it all joy when sufferings abound. How many have come to find out that the things of God don't make sense to people who are carnal. But once you get saved and you get the mind of Christ, then it makes sense. Because you can understand that, that I can count it all joy because I understand that God is doing something in my situation right now and he's allowing this to happen so that I will put my confidence in him and I will be able to say, God's got this. And then God is so good to let us see that he has it. Amen. How many in this place tonight, more than once, have been in a tough situation, have felt honestly that, that nothing good was going to come out of it, that, that, that it was a lost situation, and now you can look back and say, God was on my side and he came through. Let me see your hands. Let me see your hands. Amen. All over this place. Right? Now, how many can say that's happened more than once? That should be a confidence builder. So God allows us. The only people that don't make it for God are the people who give up in the beginning. Who, who, who lose that first battle and don't understand that when God is allowing something to happen in our lives that's trial, trialing and, and struggle and, and problematic, he's building us. To do what? Have confidence. Let me know when you do something over, how do you think you get confidence in something? You get confidence in something by doing it over and over again. And if you stay in this walk long enough, you'll get to a place where it doesn't matter what the situation is. You look at it and you stare it straight in the face and you say, God's got this. I'm not even worried about it. Now let's, let's stop here for a second and think about this. As we've been talking about eternity, 
We've been talking, kind of mentioning the, the works that we're going to be accounted for and how we're going to have to answer to God for those things. How many want to, want to be doing the right thing and having the right attitude in these trials so that later on when, we are, when God is bragging on us, He's saying to his angels, he's saying to Jesus, listen, I watched that person, I watched that person struggle in that situation, and their confidence was never shook. Did y'all hear that? How many want that? I do. I want God to look down on me and say, man, his confidence was never shook because he knows. The Bible says he weighs the intentions of our hearts. So he says, let's go back to that verse, Psalms 118.6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Now, we're not going to look at it, but Psalms, if you can write it down, Psalms 56.11 says the exact same thing. And then we'll go over to Hebrews 13, verse 6, and you're going to see it a third time. God repeats it again. He says, so we may boldly say, okay, he didn't just say say it. We, now in, in, in Hebrews, we can boldly say it. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Amen. I will not fear. I'm not going to look at that situation and worry about it and, and struggle on it because my confidence is in that God is going to take me through. God is going to get me through this situation. Amen. Now, how many know that when we're struggling in our faith and our confidence is not strong, it is because we have become weak in our faith? How do you get weak in something? How does a muscle get weak? How does your faith get weak? How does something get weak? By not using it. Okay? When you're not using your faith, your faith is going to get weak. When you're not using a muscle, that muscle's going to get weak. And so we have to understand that the more I exercise my confidence in the Lord, the more I exercise faith, the more strong I'm going to be in every situation that comes my way. And so God wants us to have that. But another reason that we might lack confidence is that we, that we get weak. There are times we get weak. All of us have those times. But the, the key is to get out of that place of weakness quickly. Because the longer you stay weak, the more susceptible you are to the attack of the enemy. And, and some of the reasons we stay weak is when we don't understand that, that, that scripture we read earlier that said I should, or that Jesse read, that I should count it all joy when those sufferings abound. That I should have the right attitude of confidence in God. Now, let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. This is the second thing. The first one is fear of man. second one is becoming weak. Or struggling with something. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9. He said to me. Listen to this. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. Amen. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Amen. He says. I'm going to read it again. My grace. Not your grace. My grace is enough. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made, this sounds crazy again, made perfect in weakness. That don't make sense. My strength is made perfect in my weakness. How many know that God gets us to a place where we depend on him? Amen. Amen. We depend on him. 
And this is all going to make sense at the end here in a second of what God really wants from us and why he allows us to go through struggles and trials, why he allows things to happen so that we will have to depend on him. Amen? Just like you can't depend on the Internet. Don't get so, don't get so used to looking at the screen you don't bring your Bibles anymore. Amen? Make sure, you, make sure you got your Bibles. We get so used to looking up. Amen? Maybe we're doing it on purpose. Amen. Maybe we're not showing you on purpose so that you make you bring your Bibles. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in witness. Listen, therefore, most gladly I will boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So when, when I'm my weakest, I can be the most confident. That's totally opposite from the way the world works. He says, when I'm, in, when I'm in infirmity, when I'm sick, when I'm going through a struggle, the power of Christ rests upon me. That means he's close to the weak. He's there to help. The Bible says he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. Then he goes on to say in verse 10, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities. That sounds crazy. In reproaches, in needs, in persecutions. In distresses for Christ's sake, for when I am weak, I am strong. When I am weak, I am strong. Has anybody come to notice that pretty much everything in the kingdom of God is the opposite of what it is in the carnal world? The world would say, when I'm strong, I'm strong. God says, when you're weak, I'm strong. Because he comes and takes over. We, we, we get to a place where we say, how many know he gets us, let's just have some situations sometimes, we can't do nothing. We have no, no, no power to do anything. And God says, that's exactly where I want you, right there. Because I want you to have confidence in me. Maybe that situation you're in tonight is allowing you to have confidence in him. And say, God, you got this. I don't know how. You know what? The more you serve God, listen, take this to the bank. The more you serve God, the longer you serve God, the more exciting it gets when you're in trouble. Honestly. Because you say, how's God going to do it this time? You you, you know he's going to do it because you have confidence because he's done it the last 17,836 times. And he has never failed, and he can't fail, and he won't fail. You just have to say, Lord, you got this. I trust in God. You and some of you that are maybe new in the Lord, you haven't got that under your belt yet. But trust me, you, you'll get it. The, you'll get past it. He did it again. He did it again. And then you get to a place where you have so much confidence, not in you, but in Him, that you don't even worry anymore. You're like, Yeah, this is that's why I said that's why you can be joyful. Yes, this is a struggle, but there's a victory coming right now. There's a powerful testimony coming out of this because God's letting me get to a place where I have to confide in him more. And you actually get to a place where you recognize that. And you won't fret about everything and you won't stress over everything and you won't let every little thing bother you. Even when you're weak, you're going to say, Lord, I'm weak right now, but you are strong. Amen? So number one is fear of man. What can man do to me? What can, what can society do to me? And the second one is I get to a place of weakness. I'm struggling. He says, I got you there. The third one, this might be the biggest one, especially, it doesn't matter how long someone's been saved. The third one is I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy for God to love me. 
I know people that have been saved a long, long time, and they still struggle with self-worth. That's not God's plan. That's not the devil. That's, that's the devil's plan. If, you, if you're thinking, I'm not worthy still, and listen, I have those thoughts sometimes, but, but not very often because I, I can't let that thought come in, amen? But the, when you're younger in the Lord, it's, it's often, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. And listen, you, what you do when you get mature in Christ is you begin to realize that you're not. You, don't, you, don't st- you stop trying to change that. You say, I know I'm not worthy. That's what you get to realize. It's not that you're going to get to a place where you say, okay, now I'm worthy. You're not. But you don't stay in that because you realize that we're not saved because we're good. We're saved because he's good. Amen. He's good. I've said that so many times before. That's what sets us apart in, in, in Christianity, in the truth. That's what sets us apart. All the other religions of the world is, 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 is people trying to get to God. In true Christianity, God's getting to us. He's coming down to us. He's coming down to where we're at. He's not saying, come up here and meet me in this place where you can't get to. He's, I'm going to come down to you. I'm going to come down to your lowest place. I'm going to come down to your unworthiness. And yes, you're not worthy, but I'm going to make you worthy. I'm going to make you a joint heir with me. I I, I paid the price for you, and I'm going to make you a joint heir with me. Amen. Everything that I have is yours if you want it. I'm going to come down where you're at. I'm not going to make you get up the ladder to me. So let's look at Romans chapter 5. So nobody's worthy. Nobody. And watch what these verses say. These really, really, really break it down. Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 10. You mean amen when you're there? Okay, so I'm not worthy. Nobody's worthy. He says, for when we were still without strength. Remember, number two was weak. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's you and me. Before we became children of God, we were ungodly. And watch this. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. So he's basically saying, who would die for somebody that's not worthy of it? In our world, no one would do that, but Jesus said, I'm doing things different. And he says, but God demonstrates his love towards us that while we were still sinners, meaning while we were still unworthy, Christ died for us. Amen. While we were sinners. Isn't that amazing? That he didn't, see, that's the, the reason lots of people don't get saved. They say, I, I got to go get it all together. I got to go get stuff together. I got to go get, I can't, I, how many people have you talked to that say, I'll be there when I get, you know, things in order. They'll never be here. Because they're never going to have them in order. But how many know tonight, if you've given your life to the Lord, when you got saved, you realize, I didn't have everything in order. I just finally realized I never was going to have everything in order, and I surrendered. And then God starts to put things in order. But he died for us while we were sinners. He died for us at our lowest point. He didn't say, I need you to go get stuff together and fix everything. And then when, now when you get, how many know if, we, if that was the way it was, we wouldn't need God? We wouldn't need him. It would be self-righteousness. But our righteousness is not in us. Our confidence is not in us. Our goodness is not in us. Our salvation is not in us. It is in him. All in Jesus. Amen. Now watch what verse 10 says. 9, sorry. 
much more than having now been justified by his blood. This is a powerful statement. We shall be saved from wrath through him. See, that's enough right there to make you excited. That's enough right there to make you happy even when you're struggling because this is what, again, this is why this rope, where is it at? This is why this rope's out here because this is just temporary. That little struggle you're in right now is just temporary. But eternity's forever. And the Bible says that we might struggle a little bit right now, but we're, gonna, we're not going to be here when the real struggle happens. Amen. We're not going to be here when the wrath of God comes down. Can you say Amen. This is just a temporary struggle. But it is nothing compared to the wrath of God that's coming on this earth. And it's coming. It's going to happen. Amen. Is it not? But he says right here that because of his blood, I'm going to be saved by, from that wrath through him. Verse 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Amen. It's powerful. Amen. That's exciting to think about that. If it, because of what he did, I can be confident. We're not, we're not talking about a person that can mess up. How many know sometimes it's hard with, for us to, to, to remember that, that God is not us? People fail us. People fall. People make mistakes. But God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he can fail. Remember, he cannot fail and he cannot lie. There's two things God cannot do. Cannot lie, cannot fail. And so he's going to take us through. He's going to finish the race. He's gonna fin he already finished the work. We just, have to, we just have to believe in it. We just have to say in every situation, God, you got this. God, you got this. And, and like Casting Crown says, I'm going to praise you in this storm. I'm going to praise you in this storm. And, 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 and God loves it when he looks down on us and, and he sees us in a situation. Listen close to this. God loves it when he looks down on us and he sees us in a situation that we should be pouting and we should be whining and we should be crying and we should be saying, oh, I don't know what's going to happen. And, 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 he, he, and, the, and the devil's like, yeah, he's going to cry, he's going to pout. And, and they look down on us and we're lifting our hands and praising God and saying, God, I know you got this. I'm not worried about this. I know you're in control. I got confidence in you. You're going to take me through this this is a done deal amen that's faith and what does the bible say faith does pleases god faith pleases god confidence in him so another word for faith is confidence when i have faith in him i have confidence in him and the bible says my confidence pleases him right how can we please God if, 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 if every time we're running through something, we, we, we worry and we pout and we cry and we wonder? God's like, when are you going to start trusting me? How many times do I have to fix your situation? How many times do I have to show you that I'm real before you finally start believing in me? Right? I don't want to be that person. I want to be that person that believes. I want to be that person that has trust. Now, if all of this is still struggle, here's what we can really be confident in. I'm going to close with this verse in Hebrews chapter 4. Go there, verses 14 to 16. God is in a position tonight, and he always has been, 
of power and authority. And our situations, our struggles, don't affect his position. I'm going to say that again because you need to remember it. Your struggle, your problem, your trial does not affect God's position. Do you think that when you're struggling through something, do you think that when you've got a stack of bills or your children are sick or, or there's a trouble in your marriage or, or whatever it is, trouble at work, do you think that that makes Jesus come off his throne? No. He has a position. Stay with me here. He has a position. And his position does not change because of our circumstances. But his position does change our circumstances. I know it's Wednesday night, so some of y'all are getting this a little later here, but let me say it again. Your situations don't change who Jesus is. He's still at the right hand of the Father. He's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still in power. And his, his, your situation is not affecting him. But his position at the right hand of the Father, if you have the right attitude and the right confidence in Him, will change your situation and change your circumstances. Amen. He will. And that's why this says that we can come boldly, seeing now that we have a great high priest, watch this, who has passed through the heavens. You know what that means? That means He's done it all. He's seen it all. He's been everywhere that we are going to go. And it says, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What confession? Our confession of, of confidence. Amen. For we do not have, watch this, a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Why? Because he was a man, remember? That's why he, the Bible says he was fully God and fully man. He had to be able to come down and feel what it felt like to be in this body with these emotions. Do you realize that he's not a God that's so far up there that he can't sympathize with our weaknesses? He sympathizes with us. So he does feel for us, but it doesn't take him out of his position. It doesn't change who he is. Leave that up there for a second, Chris. Watch this. As a parent... If a parent has a, a struggle with a, with a child, it could be a, it could be a big, big thing with a, maybe an older child or it could just be something that's a small thing, regardless of what it is. A child can be crying or whining or sad or hurting out of disobedience. And that parent, watch this, that parent, if they're, I'm talking about a good parent, a, that parent can empathize and feel bad that they're crying and feel bad that, that they're upset, but they're not going to change their position on what's right. And the fact that they disobeyed or the fact that they got to correct them. So Jesus can sympathize with us. He can say, man, I, I feel bad that you're going through that, but, but my position doesn't change. And that's a powerful thing. Because when we get that through our spirits, then we realize that I might be feeling a certain way, but I can go to the place where Jesus has not moved from and I can boldly go into his throne of grace I'm getting ahead of myself here a little bit here but he says he sympathizes with us and was at all points tempted yet without sin amen 
Everything you say, so, oh, God just doesn't understand. That's what we try to tell ourselves. God just doesn't understand. Besides the fact that he made us, he's been there. He didn't just create us. He came through us. Walked the earth. Now look at this last verse. So he says, here's, here's what we need to do. Let us now come boldly to the throne of grace that we would obtain mercy and grace to help in time of need. So, so what does all this mean tonight? What, where does my confidence come in Christ? My confidence comes in the fact that when I'm going through a struggle, I might be all over the place. My faith might be in the east, the west, the north, the south. I don't know. I might lose my way. And, and I don't know. But the compass tells me, go back to the throne. Because Jesus hasn't moved. Right? Jesus hasn't gone. He's still there. He's an ever-present help in time of need. And, and if we'll get this, we can, that's why we can boldly say, God, you got this. Because it's true. Because he's in a position. See, he's already defeated the devil. The devil doesn't realize that. He keeps trying to, trying to mess stuff up, and, and we don't realize that. We, we don't realize that Jesus already defeated that situation. We're allowing it to defeat us. We need to say, listen, Jesus already defeated that on the cross. Remember the Bible says he disarmed that principality. He already took that and nailed it to the cross. That's already, I already took care of that. And that's why we can get to a place of confidence. Maybe you look around someone in your life, maybe in this church, someone, and you go, man, why is it that their faith is always strong? Why is it that they don't wave much? Why don't, they, why, don't they, why don't they get affected much? It's because they've gotten this revelation. Amen? They've gotten the revelation that my faith will not be affected by my circumstances. Amen? And if you'll get this right in your life, it'll save you from some troubles. Because you can say, listen, I, I am confident that I can go in boldly to the throne. If I'm weak, if I'm unworthy, if I feel like man has hurt me, I can come in boldly and say, God, you got this. Amen? And he's got it. He's got it under control. Father, I ask you to help us tonight to come in boldly to your throne room. Lord, to come in boldly to the throne room of grace. Father, help us to have a confidence in who you are. Help us to have a confidence, Father, in what you can do in our lives. Father, help us to not put our eyes on situations or circumstances or the bills or how we feel, but help us to be confident, God. Confident in who you are. Confident that you, you who has begun a good work in us will complete it and will finish it, Father. Lord, as we're praying tonight, as we're seeking your face, as we're here on this Wednesday night, God, we, we want to be men and women who are confident in Jesus, confident in our Savior. How, how are we ever going to win people to the Lord if they don't see that confidence in us? If they see us waver and they see us struggle with every situation, they're, they're not going to be able to see that, that strength of God in us. We need to confide. And it's not a fake thing. It's a faith thing. We're not faking it. We're faithing it. We're saying, God, you got this. 
I don't understand it. I don't feel like, I don't, I don't maybe feel like you got it, but my faith says you got it. You got this, God. You got this situation. You're going to take care of this. The, 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 the Bible says there in the word boldly, it says without reservation. Without reservation. So we don't even think about it. It says with frankness, with full and open speech. So we can come in to, to the throne with boldly and say, God, I don't understand this. I don't know why I'm going through this, but I trust you. That's why Job said, though you slay me, I will trust you. Tonight in this place, God wants your confidence to be totally in him. As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you're praying, let that spirit of confidence come upon you. He wants you to walk in that. It's not a pride thing. It's a confidence thing. It's like a little child who knows mommy and daddy are going to take care of them. We, we as children of God need to say, I know daddy's got this. That's what Abba Father is. Daddy, daddy, you got this. I'm not going to worry about what I'm going through. I'm not going to worry about what's ahead. I'm not going to worry about the storm that's coming. I'm not going to worry about the situation I'm facing. I'm not going to worry about the fear that's attacking me. You got this, God. I'm going to praise you no matter what I'm going through. And listen, church, you can get that confidence. And that confidence can grow. And that confidence can be built. And you can build up an endurance. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. All over this place, as heads are bowed still and eyes are closed, how many in this place would say, I'm not confident tonight that I would stand before Jesus as my Savior. I'm not, I'm not sure tonight if I'm saved. And you want Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life and come into your heart, change you and transform you. you. Maybe you've never said the sinner's prayer. You've never admitted that you're a sinner. You've never admitted that he's the way, the truth, and the life. And you need to do that tonight. Just lift your hand all over this place. Say, Pastor, pray for me real quick. I want Jesus to come into my life. I want to know him as my Savior, as my Lord. Amen. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I want everybody in this place to say this with me tonight for, for the internet. I want us to repeat this tonight. Lord Jesus, I come before you as a sinner, understanding that I'm separated from your goodness and your righteousness by my sin, by my disobedience. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead and I believe you ascended to heaven and that you're at the right hand of the Father interceding for me and I believe you're coming back again. Jesus, I confess that you are Lord and Savior. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life right now, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me while I was still a sinner in my unworthy state I accept you and I'm going to live for you in the name of Jesus amen as we pray tonight as the altars get opened I challenge you to come to the, to the altar tonight with a boldness not in who you are but in who Jesus is in you not in what you can do but what Jesus can do through you not in what your situation looks like, but what God is doing in the midst of that situation. Amen. We're going to take a few minutes and we're going to come boldly to the throne room of grace. 
We're going to fall on our face. We're going we're gonna to bow our spirits to Him. And we're going to say, Lord, once again, Father, I, I confess that you've got this. Maybe you're praying for a loved one. Maybe you're, maybe you're weak tonight. Maybe you're fearing what man can do to you. Maybe you're, you're battling with nightmares. Maybe you're, you're battling with doubt. God, I, I know you got this. Just, just let him come and minister to you. Know that he knows everything you've gone through. There's no weakness that you have tonight that he has not already walked those steps. And say, Lord, I trust you tonight. And I come into your position because when I am weak, you are strong. At my lowest point is when you are the strongest in my life. Meaning when I depend the least on myself, I see you working the most in my life tonight. Father, thank you. Thank you for a church that that fears you. Thank you for a church that understands that the fear of the Lord, Father, is giving us a strong confidence. Lord, as Proverbs says, we have a place of refuge tonight in you as your children. As your children, we have a place of refuge. As you're praying tonight, I want you to really understand that tonight. God is a refuge. He's a shield. He's a, he's a place that you can come to and you can say, Lord, I'm in your arms tonight. Lord, I, I'm trusting you tonight. I'm, I'm confiding in you tonight. I know you've got this tonight. I know you've got this, Father. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.